This is Working the Beat. It is Tuesday, October 6th, 5th, 6th, 2020. I'm Kevin Cooney, along with Mike Kern. Glad you could join us this week as we talk about the world of Philly sports. And uh, Mike, interesting weekend. Very interesting weekend, and maybe not for all the the right reasons. So, but uh, this year can't get over fast enough. (laughs) And you know, I don't look. I'm so sick of the political stuff. I and I have friends, and we've been going back and forth. But all I know is, well, I'm not. No, I'm not going to say it. No, because if I say it, I'm going to get. But you know, there's some bad examples being set in this country a month from an election, all in the name of um, I've got a bigger whatever than you. Um, so let's not be afraid of the virus because, you know, why? why? You know, why Why should we be afraid of the virus? You know, it's not that bad. And, um, okay, you know, and if I endanger people around me, you know, so be it. Okay. You know, and by the way, thank you for calling me from Paul Hagen's place. Yes. Uh, I apologize. I was driving. I actually did hit your. I I did hit the reply, but you got cut off somehow. I was in a car. Um, how was it? It was awesome. Uh, it was yeah. awesome. Actually, first time I ate in a restaurant in seven months since I got back from well, Clearwater. I had a weird experience today. Uh, it gets back to, but, I, but anyway, now Paul's is not like a shack, right? Like we're used to no, going to the. No, it's it's basically to, right? in the middle. Uh, if Paul Hagen's place, Chaps Pit Beef. We'll give him the free plug. Um, right. Is in the middle of a strip mall where Granite Rum Mall used to be on Baltimore Pike down in Media. Um, okay, because it looked from where you, the picture you showed me of him walking, it looked like a nice. Oh, it's nice. Know, I, I like the shack, the one that you took in me Baltimore, to. right? Yeah, but but you know. I understand it's not going to be a shack because, but what did you get? I got it. I got uh, a beef sandwich, uh, medium okay. well, a uh, little little barbecue sauce on it, and I got the mac and cheese. Um, do, do, do you don't do that white sauce that they have like that horsey? I'm not. Sauce? I'm not in the horsey sauce. No, that's cool. No, see, I think if I get when I do go, um, but I also I, I also have to admit I I got a pulled pork sandwich that I brought home. That okay. I had the next day for lunch while watching football. So, okay. See, if I go there, I got to get beef because yeah, I, I have to. But I like it with the sausage. Yeah, I think the time you took me when we were coming home from that Temple Bowl game, I, I guess it was, or I suppose it was, um, the sausage goes really good with the beef. Now, with the beef. my wife got an open face sandwich with fries, like a platter. With the beef and gravy, and basically it became gravy fries, and it was gravy and she, fries are awesome. She loved it. Oh, she was great, and my stepson Mayf- loved it too. Kevin, when I worked at the Mayfair Diner, and this is 50, 40 years ago, and I what I would you know they, they'd have you know obviously they had the, the diner gravy, which is awesome, and they would put it on the fries, and then I would put ketchup on it, not, not a lot of ketchup, but just the ketchup and the gravy for some reason. I know I got. Some weird. I, I bust on people for some things they do, but the taste is so good. Mm-hmm. But gravy fries are underrated. They gravy fries I are good. They're better than they're better than cheese fries. I think. Uh, don't get don't get don't get crazy. No, I, I like uh, because the, honestly, the best fries I love are the Steve's American cheese fries. See, 
I can't do cheese on like when I go to Chickies and Pete's. I like dipping it in their in right. their cheese. But you you don't like it pre done. I don't like it on it. I I, I don't mind dipping it, and then of course you got to do that in the first three minutes or it congeals. But that's okay. But the chicken and Pete's one I like, but I I kind of like my fries. Um, but now you just said the gravy, man. I haven't had gravy on them in a while. So we're going to take another trip down there. They have a great, by yeah. the way, and this is a free plug, Paul. So no, they, he, free, uh, right. Paul deserves all the plugs Paul, we can give him. They have a great football meal. It's like fifty bucks, like platters of meat and pork and wow. all that. So uh, look up uh, Chaps C A. C H A P apostrophe S pit beef in media, and you can uh, give them a call and get the details. On All I know is if he opens one up within a mile or two of our houses, well, yeah, my, my doctor I'll be there once a pre- week. Well, it's, you know, hey, look, if this one works, yeah. maybe me and you will be working the chaps pit. <laughs> That's true. I can think of worse things we could be doing. Oh, absolutely. All right, so let's get to. Let's get to the football team. You know, I was debating with Mike, what do we start with? And and obviously you start with the with the Eagles. And they go to San Francisco, the quarterback his numbers aren't flashy, but it's the guts he showed, Carson Wentz. It was last year. It was the last four yeah. games last. And you know, when we had Ike on the other night, he said, you know, he was hoping that in that final drive of regulation against the Bengals that maybe he found something that he could build on. And I think this is kind of where they were this week. I thought that they built off of Wentz built off of that final drive against the Bengals and, uh, you know, gave them a shot to win a game that they stole. Basically. How can the guy who comes off the practice squad do more in one play than Ortega Whiteside's done in a season? And, and that leads to a better question. When, when do you start thinking, all right, I'd rather just play Greg Lewis and, and the guy off the practice squad and all that. Then, Oh, they will. Oh, no, Kevin, there's no doubt that, and I don't know about Dillard yet because, I, you know, he's hurt and we don't we don't know. The reports ain't been good so My far. My was okay the other night. He was pretty good, yeah. actually. But Right, but you're not going to win with that probably no. on in the long haul. Um, the, the, the Eagles have made like three blatant, maybe more than blatant. Look, they've looked. Miles Sanders is a good pick. You're not going to hit on all of them. No. You're not. It's, I think Rieger showed not, some flashes. We, the jury, I'm not grading him. He, mm-hmm. You know, he, he's going to be – now, will he be as good as Jefferson? I don't know. No. We, you know, uh, who knows? They Maybe they'll both be very good. Um, but some of these picks that they have made that you just sit there, the white side pick is – and I don't want to belabor this because we do this all the time. But Jones, they've already lost. Dillard looks like we don't know. You, you know, they had to go out inside a 38-year-old guy that's now out. And this just kills you. But the guys, at least, that they've brought in, like the Wards, like the guy, and I don't even know their name, so I'm not even going to try to pronounce their names because I'll mess it up at 13. I mean, they made they made play. You have to have receivers have to make plays. It can't just all be on the quarterback throwing the ball in the perfect spot. And, and Wentz did make a good throw on that touchdown. Oh, it was beautiful. They came up with three turns. He dropped it right down the elevator shaft on the touchdown pass. It, 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 was, it, was, a, it was a great pass. And I, I think they should throw longer more often, but maybe because they're line, maybe they can't. Um, you know, Ertz was really not a factor in the game, even though I can't understand how the 49ers tight end could have 18 catches when he's the only guy they have. But okay, well, they don't have a linebacker that can cover him. That's why. Well, that's well. hey. What, uh, Thir- but, 13 for 13 on targets. That's an indication but, on that your linebacker slash safeties can't cover the guy. Well, first of all, you should be doubling him every play. Yeah. 
Okay. But, what, but that, look, they won the game. I'm not going to sit here and say what they didn't do or what. Um, the defense came up with three turnovers. Um, that's huge because they haven't been doing that for a year and a half or whatever. You know, that's not Jim Schwartz's defense. Turnovers are huge in football, especially when you run one of them back for a touchdown. But the other one, I think, led the points, right? The fumble. Yeah. I'm trying to remember all the circumstances. I didn't like the way that the Niners went down the field twice with their third string quarterback. And by the way, the last pass came very, very close to being complete. Yeah. Um, I, I think Slay actually made a really good play to, to kind of knock it out of the tight end. At the very end. last minute. And if that pass gets caught, Kevin, we're, we're just sitting here in. Well, it would be the ultimate NFC East moment for 2020. I mean, not be the ultimate Eagles moment. Forget yeah. the NFC. I don't care about the NFCs. The NFC, you know, people think like six wins is going to win. No, no, it's not. Somebody's going to get to like eight or whatever because that's just the way it is. See, but this is one thing I actually think that this win gave them. If you could somehow steal one of the next two weeks, and I don't, they're think, not. I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility it can win in Pittsburgh. No, but Pittsburgh had a week off. It, um, it hurts, absolutely. And San Francisco's win, the win over San Francisco, gets Pittsburgh's attention, Sure, I think, a little bit more than maybe if the Eagles had lost that game. Um, the Ravens, they're not beating the Ravens. I mean, I don't see how. I mean, who knows? Um, that that they'll, they'll be, even if they beat Pittsburgh next week, they will be a seven to ten point underdog at home against the Ravens. Yeah, because that's and, what the Ravens yeah. are going to be against every team not named the Chiefs. Sure. At this point. Yeah, absolutely. And um, but what they, look, what they got was a win. Even if they lost the game, they'd only be a half game out of first place. I mean, it's not. I'm not going to start counting the standings yet, but they got a win. But and what a win is better than a loss? But what it's done is at least given you, even if you lose the next two, you are still going to be around the division lead. You could be 1-4-1 and one going and to still be around, around the division lead. Kevin, yeah, unless things really, really, really go south that I don't – because they got the two games with the Giants that they have to win. In fact, that three games, they probably have to win all three because yeah. they really probably have to beat Dallas here, yeah. I'm guessing. So they got a three – They got to go 5-1 and one in the division, yeah. Uh, four and two at worst. Mm-hmm. At the absolute worst, four and two. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's to the Cowboys, and now, you know, maybe... Like, well, you and you look now, and it's funny you're going to bring this... Uh, I'm, uh, you know, the Arizona game looks a little better now after what Arizona did in Carolina. Right, this but week. this is our fault, Kevin. Right? Wait, no. well, look, look at what we do. After two weeks, we have the Cardinals competing in, for the NFC West. And now, because they've lost two games to bad... To, well, I mean, Carolina... They lost to Detroit two, and Carolina. Right, Carolina's doing a good... But now we bury them. I mean, come on! It, like, like, why do we do this? Why, why? Because that's the NFL. The Cardinal game. They're still going to go to the Cardinals. They're going to be the underdog in all likelihood. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean they can't win, but you know the Cardinals have had two bad games. But yeah, and then Matt Rule's doing a pretty good job down in Carolina. Yeah, he is. By the way, without his star running back, um, they and could it, be three and one. Yeah, you know, which is pretty damn good. Um, yeah, I mean, I think look. Eight or nine wins, I still think, is going to probably – you're probably going to need eight or nine to win the division. The Eagles have a tie, so maybe it's eight, eight seven, seven, and one. Yeah. Um, But they got to win the – look, if they win the two Cowboy games, they're probably going to be in pretty – the Cowboys have a little bit easier schedule, we thought. But if they win the two Cowboy games, and I don't know if they can, but if they do, they're probably going to win the division. Yeah. So, 
you know, the first ones at home, they got to get that. And, I mean, let's say they lose the next two weeks for sake of argument. And they're one four, and then they win the three after that. They'd be four four and one. That'll, you know, that's you know, for all they've gone through, you know, it's you would take that. Yeah. I, I you know, the one thing that was interesting to me about what happened though on Sunday night, Miles Sanders in the second half, and and, and Doug Peterson mentioned it this morning on a spot with Angelo on the WIP morning show. Um Miles Sanders disappeared in the fourth quarter, uh, and it makes you, it makes me concerned a little bit, uh, because of the idea that you know he's your bell cow and the, he's the type of guy you're going to need to in big spots because they don't have a ton of offensive weapons. This is what I think about Miles. I think Miles is good. Maybe he's even close to being very good. He's not great. He he he's not he, he's he, he he can be your starting running back in this league, and he's not going to hurt you. He's probably not going to be an all-pro, you know I mean, but he, he may make a Pro Bowl team. But, Mike, on this so, team, on this team, they're so limited in weapons, I, I, I just... Well, that's, that's, that's just where you're at, Kevin. I, you I, I understand, so you're taking he one... He only of carried... But the other... Like, somebody was making a big deal about... The, what the, the If you took away Wentz's 37 yards or whatever it was... Right. They didn't rush the ball well at all. Um... But their line is so you know disjointed that it's it's hard it's hard to judge anything they do almost because they just have so many pieces that aren't quite in place. Um, you just that's why I don't think they're going. I think they could play decently at Pittsburgh. I, I don't you know I don't think that they're going to get necessarily like blown out of you know Heinz Field, but. I just think that's a tough assignment for them. I would almost like it if they were playing the Ravens this week and the Steelers the week after. Right, I agree. Now, but by, that's not a way it goes. So, by the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up uh, because this is news of, of the morning. Um, Tom Wolf has allow is allowing fans into the stands in the both Pennsylvania ballparks, and the Steelers will have this weekend in Pittsburgh uh, 5,500 tickets available. Um, so we're going to see some, but it's only basically 15%, I think was the number, uh, yeah. that's max out. So, well, if I'm worried about 5,500 fans cheering against me, then I then that that's, that's to me, it's immaterial. If there was going to be 25,000 people in there. Yeah. You know, then I would say, okay, you know, they got a home field, you know, uh, I mean the Cowboys didn't the Cowboys have fans in the stands. Cowboys had about 20,000. It did them a lot of good, so you know. I mean, look, what is the Steelers? The Steelers are pretty good, and they may be the third best team in the AFC. Um, I just think it's it's a, asking a little too much for the Eagles. I mean, but again, look, this should not surprise us. What happened Sunday night? I told you this last week. Mm-hmm. They went to LA two years ago, late in the year. Game nobody gave them a chance to win, and they, they won. won. They went to Green Bay last year early in the season. Nobody gave him a chance, and I, we said it then. They, they do this, and this goes back to, I, I think the coach, I don't think he's Vince Lombardi. No. I think he has some faults, and he has some good points. You know, there, there's one of his best attributes, maybe his best attribute, is those guys, for whatever reason, play for him. They seem like it, and they will give him an effort, and I think that's all Monday night was. Look, the 49ers are banged up worse than the Eagles. 
Yeah. Why they were nine point favorites at some point? I'm sitting there going, really? With, with Nick Mullen at quarterback. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if they had Garoppolo, you know, maybe, yeah, I could understand it. Um, that just seemed like a lot to me. I, I, you know, the line kept going up and up, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, and the Bengals won Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe the Bengals aren't horrible. I mean, the quarterback certainly looks like he's okay, but you wanted to get to Dallas. Yeah. Well, and, and Dallas is. You know the one thing about the Cowboys, and this isn't a this is something. The quarterback is really good. I mean, the quarterback is. Well, he puts up numbers. Yeah. And, okay. And, and but their defense is is historically awful. But you knew that going into the seat. You didn't know they were going to be this bad, right? I mean, but you're giving you forty plus a night. Yeah, and at home. Yeah. Hey, look. They're a Falcons screw-up away from being 0-4. So, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, And and on the offensive end, Ezekiel Elliott's disappearing. Well, what happens, Kevin, is when you're down every game by a lot, you put the ball in Dak's hands and say throw. I mean, that's why he threw for 500. and, And against the Falcons, he threw for a bunch. Um, the only game I guess they didn't was the, the first game against the Rams because it was like a twenty to seventeen game. Um, yeah, they they have Elliott is the key to. I mean, look, Prescott's good. He's going to get a lot of money. Um, but and they have a ton of weapons on the Elliott. outside. They have a ton of weapons on the outside with Cooper and Lamb yeah. and uh, Gannett and. But I mean, go back to two years ago when the Rams were really good and and Goff was good. He was really good. He had weapons. Yep. But their whole team revolved around Gurley. Mm-hmm. Gurley doing, and then when he got hurt late, it sort of took something away from their team. Um, if you can run the ball, and with a guy like Elliott, or like if the Giants had Barkley and Barkley was good, mm-hmm. wasn't hurt. Um, if you have a guy of that ability, then it sets up all that play action stuff. Yeah, the teams can't seem to defend very well. It's hard for the Eagles to play action because they don't have a threat of a run. You know, or a real, or a strong threat. I shouldn't. I'm not knocking Miles. I'm just saying is, other than the first half of the, is it the first half of the Bengals game? They haven't really ran the ball very no, well. No, they haven't. And the Bengals don't defend the run. So, um, but look, a win is. I think the Eagles really just needed something good to happen. You know, so the flight back to Philly was probably a good flight. Yep. Um, the locker room's probably a better locker room this week. But he can't disguise their problems. Is it? Is it? You know, Jackson, well, and, and they're going to be—they're going to be propped up because they're in a bad division. They're going to be right. in the hunt because of a bad division. Sure. I mean, barring something that we don't see, mm-hmm. like them going three, twelve and one, which I don't see that. Um, but you know, here's the thing: like, God forbid you lose a game to the Giants. You know, which probably is now the realm of possibility. I mean, Giants, Giants look better. Up, they, Giants look better on Sunday than they have all year. Yeah, but they still stink. They do. But it's a, it, it, you know, maybe you go to the Meadowlands and, and the Giants just play a de- decent game. And I mean, they almost beat them last year at the end of the year. So yeah. that's the only thing. The Eagles have very, very little margin for error, especially if they split with the Cowboys, mm-hmm. because the Cowboys I think have an easier schedule the rest of the way. Not that that necessarily means. You know everything. Um, yeah, it's going. It's, look, it's going to be bad. We're going to sit here every week and go. It's a. I mean, they. they this could be like an historically bad division. Like, um, 
But, you know, remember a few years ago, Seattle got into the playoffs at 7-9 and nine and beat the Saints. We are at the quarter pole of the season. Um, I, I know this is a cliche. Right now in the NFC, I mean, Seattle looks really good. Green Bay looks really good. Um, kind of where are you seeing – what are you seeing right now within the NFC at least? That That's – I mean, give me another team. I mean, I still think the Saints – I think the Rams are okay. I think I think Tampa's okay too. Well, not yeah, I forgot about that. No, Tampa's going to be good because they have Tom Brady. Um, their defense hasn't played as well. Their defense was playing well last year at the end of the year. I still think the Saints potentially can be – a problem, right? Only because when they get Thomas back, uh, they came up with a nice win on the road last week, which I thought they were going to, but they don't look like they're quite the Saints that we've seen the last couple years. Um, the Rams, I don't trust. I don't know why. I just don't trust. The Niners are so banged up at this point. I mean, I don't know where they go. So yeah, I mean, Green Green. I I think the three the three teams right now, if like if I was ranking them. I, I would go either Green Bay and Seattle one two and probably Tampa three. I really think ahead of the Saints and ahead of the Rams. And in the AFC, it's one team right now. I mean, one team is so well, clearly above everybody else. Yeah, well, they're above everybody until somebody proves. But it's going to get harder and harder because every week now, you know, especially if they get to like six and zero or say, yeah, hey, can they go? Yeah, it doesn't matter if they go unbeaten. It only matters if they're lifting a trophy. Well, I still think the Ravens are really good. Um. Yeah, and remember, last year in the playoffs, they trailed by double digits in every, every game. game. The other night, Bill Belichick might have—I don't know if he would have beat him, but that call was horrible. You know, it, it, that, that, why why the NFL refs make those calls? They should just put dresses on the quarterbacks. I swear <laughs> to God. Was, I mean, no, and I understand why they do it because they're the stars. stars and yeah. But that was—and first of all, you got to be able to review that. If you're going to have instant replay and review just about anything, every turnover to me should be a reviewable play. I agree. Like the touchdowns are. Um, they, anytime there's a a, a a turnover or a turnover that didn't get ruled a turn, to me, you got to review that. But, you know, the Kansas City well, I mean, would have won. Some, anyway. some of the stuff, like there was, a, there was a face mask last night in the Green Bay game that was so blatant that how do you miss it? It was in an open field. It wasn't right. even like a – uh, a pile. It was like the, the NFL officials. You're right, are, are, and again, worse. And I think well, this they're year, not going to they're not going to see everything. I mean, I, look, it's easy for us when we're watching on TV. And like I said, I can sit there sometimes and say, like the, these holding calls. They'll replay things sometimes, and you can't they'll see. call holding on something that's not a hold. No, that, that the worst penalty in football is that illegal touch down the field where you give a team. I think the Eagles the other night had like a third and twenty or second. Second and long, mm-hmm. and they got the 49ers for an illegal touch. Yeah. Eagles get an automatic first down. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And the guy hardly touched them. Yeah. Uh, and then you'll see other times. It's just there's so many penalties now that any penalty that gets you the automatic first down, you better be damn sure when you make that call. Um, but you can't review everything. No. You know, and that's the but you're problem. right. You're right. They would have Kansas City wins that game last night, no matter what. I agree. I will. I will say there's how good is Bill? How good is Bill Belichick? Oh, that he can piecemeal that team in the potential contention. Yeah. Without no, but to go into Kansas City and be basically in almost a tie game, flew in the same day. Flew in the same day. Yeah. 
With with whoever the hell he was playing at quarterback, Hoyer, right? Uh, Hoyer, then he ended up going to Stidham. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, it's if, if they still and, – and he's playing with – didn't like six starters opt out of his team? Yeah. He's down like six starters. If he I'm, – I'm telling you, if he had Brady this year, they'd make the playoffs. They might make the playoffs anyway, but – they won't win the Super Bowl because they're not they're not good enough. I, I you're um, gonna you're gonna yell at me because you're gonna say I'm overreacting. Yeah, you know, the only series the only team I think that's gonna be able to in a playoff game potentially give Kansas City problems is Buffalo. Buffalo's oh, defense love, is pretty we left, good. We left, Buff, we left Buffalo out when we were talking about well, AFC. That, team. AFC, that, yeah. Them and the Steelers are probably three and four in some order. I, I just I I just look. It's it's easy. I mean, we sat here before the year. It's 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 hard to repeat. Obviously, right. Not a lot of teams do it. Um, this team looks like it's you know how are you going to beat them because of one reason: the quarterback and the weapons he has around him. The way you're probably going to beat them is what the Patriots did two years ago: outscored them, go in there and win a 35-31 game. Because um, that's probably how you're going to beat them. Because if the game is like a 21-20 game. Mahomes is probably going to score 21. Um, and I just don't know how many defenses are going to be able to stop him to the point where he ain't going to get in the mid-20s. Right. So I think and, – and right now, the way Buffalo's offense is playing, I mean, you know, Buffalo and the Steelers are two really good teams. I give either one of them a better shot of winning than I do Baltimore. Because I'm not well, sure, I'm not sure about Lamar Jackson in a big spot because we've but, seen it. Yeah, you know, it, it's a little gun shy because of what we've seen the last two years yeah, of the playoffs. If the Ravens, if the Ravens went out there, and I'm assuming they have to go out there, I'm, I'm yeah. assuming they would have to. But yeah, things change. Um, and and could play from ahead. Then I would like 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 if if they went out there and had the leads that some of those teams had last year on Kansas City, mm-hmm. they ain't giving up those leads. Because then they can do whatever the hell they want. And Lamar doesn't have to throw the ball 40 times or 30 times or whatever. Now, can they go out there and get the lead? I, you know, Is it in their head? I, I don't know. So from that standpoint, yeah, I mean, if the Steelers or the Buffaloes go to Kansas City, they got nothing to lose. Yeah. Because nobody thinks they're going to win. And what could be interesting is the fact that Buffalo could end up with – maybe they're not going to end up with home field advantage because Kansas City will probably end up with that. But if you end up as the two seed and you end up having two playoff games at home before you go to Kansas City, you could get a you know Buffalo in January. It's going to be interesting. I'm not sure. I see Baltimore going to Buffalo in January and winning. You know, oh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I I think you're getting a little too carried away. It, it's four games in. Let's see what happens over the next eight to ten weeks, and then when it gets to December, then you start saying, okay, you know, this team, that team. Right. I mean, Tennessee came on last year. Nobody thought Tennessee was anything. No, that's true. And all of a sudden, by the end of the year, uh, New England And it's was tough to them. read what Tennessee is right now because Tennessee, with with the COVID stuff, you already basically lost a I mean, week. Kansas City's already had a couple of games that they could have lost. Oh, they could have lost the Chargers, yeah. The Chargers. I mean, if, if, if Cam Newton had gone out there, I mean, maybe that's a losable. I don't know. I'm just saying is I don't think Kansas City's necessarily they're, they're the best team. There's no doubt about it. And their defense is much improved from what it was yeah, this time yeah, last year. But, yeah, but they they gave up a lot of points. Yeah, yeah I want it, let them win it. I mean, they're going to be the favorite. There, there's right. there's nothing much that's going to happen unless there's a couple injuries we don't know about. I mean, obviously if Mahomes gets injured, you know, that changes everything. 
Um, but you can say that about any team. I mean, if Allen gets hurt, you know, if, if, if um, you know, Roethlisberger gets hurt, if, if Jackson gets hurt, I mean, every team, if that guy goes down, they're going to be changed. Hey, what would you think about Bill O'Brien getting wackadoodle? Uh, Bill the GM cost Bill the head coach's job. <laughs> I mean, yeah. pretty simple. But think, think about this, though, Kevin. Remember, I they mean, don't have a first or a second round pick next year either. I know, I know, I know. But, I mean, and I think that the job he did at Penn State, and I think Franklin's done a, a really good job, too. Is that right. He, they both were in the right spot. But the, the job that he did that first year, because I was around that. Yeah. Um, it was amazing. It was. And he, and he handled But here's a guy, for better or for worse, whatever you want to say, he's won four of the last five division titles. Right. And gets whacked because they started – Oh, and four. And I get it. It, 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 it. I get it. And, and, you but, should, and we should point out that they, their schedule hasn't exactly been chopped liver. I mean, you had to there's got to be more to it. Yeah. He must have pissed people off somehow. And I'm getting now. Here, here you go. You're Deshaun Watson. You just signed that big contract, and, the guy, and now he's you're gonna be screwed. Rich, right, but he's going to be a rich man for the rest of his life. I, I get it. Yep. But do you really want to be there? I, that's a great question. I mean, you know, you had the best wide receiver in the league mm-hmm. who's playing well, you know, because he's the best. He's one of the best wide receivers in the league. Yep. You traded him. Um, he made all these trades where he gave up. And I have no problem giving up high draft picks if the guys you get back are really good. Yep. And, you know, that that's part of the deal. But, my God, to go from the team that was up 24 nothing against the Chiefs to, to yeah, this. This. And this is a lost year for the Texans now because it doesn't matter what they do. Um, you know, this is a lost season for them. It's, well, it's and, a, you're gonna like have you, to, and you're going to have to break it down again. Now you have the quarterback, which That's helps. the problem. Right. So now next year is probably going to be a lost year again. So you have Deshaun Watson for two years of making 30-some million dollars where you basically and, – and, like, you look at the Eagles. And, the Eagles are, like, and, in the same and, situation and let, and with Watson. And before we, before we move on – Let's just assume it's the worst case scenario for for the. Well, you don't have a number one pick. You don't. I mean, so who's that? They don't have a number two pick. Yeah, you don't have a number one or a number two. So you could have given up a top five guy for Laramie Tunsil. I mean, really? You don't. You don't give up. And look, I'm not. I don't know as much about Tunsil. I know he was really high coming out of college, and then he got uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, well, no, I didn't mean it that way. But okay, um, but I'm sorry, to I found that funny. A wide receiver for what you got back for him, well, you could have got the running back anyway. Yeah, for like wait. So if you're going to put that guy on the market because you don't get along, or you don't think he's worth the money, but get something back that's commiserate with what he's worth. Yeah. Um, and I know in the NFL that's hard. It's it's hard to make trades and get back what you think you should get back. I get all that, but I mean, God, the Eagles could have gotten him for what they get gave up. Christ, the Eagles probably had that much to give. I'm just guessing. Yeah. Um, and then you see so many teams in the league, Kevin. This is what amazes me. You see the Eagles with no wide receiver. Now I know some of that's injuries. I get it. Jeffrey's injured. But the Eagles brought something out upon themselves by giving Jeffrey's the extension, signing a 30-some-year-old Deshaun, the whole deal. You see these other teams, they got like four or five receivers. Yeah. And they're coming out of everywhere. They're, they're like, 
You're like, and where are these guys coming from? And then you'll see teams that have two or three good receivers and they'll go out and get another one. And this almost reminds me of the Andy Reid days where it was just like, we don't need wide receivers. You know, and I'm not saying the Eagles, that's, that, that, and they have two really good tight ends. A lot of teams can't say that. Right. But tight ends don't stretch the field. Tight ends don't, you know, they don't do that. And um, you need guys. You've had Carson Wentz now. This is his fifth year. What have you surrounded him with? You went out and got Jeffrey when he was the best wide receiver free agent. So I'll give him that. Right. And he helped them win a Super Bowl. So I cannot knock that. But overall, what have they put around nothing. him? Nothing. They put nothing. Well, they got two really good. Look, they've got Ertz is an all, a Pro Bowl tight end, and Goddard is close to that. So I'll give him that. But yeah, you, when you take Whiteside, you take Aguilar. Um, and, and, and Aguilar had the one good year when they won the Super Bowl, so I can't. Uh, but some of the other guys, and then you get a left tackle that can't play. Yep. Um, it, what are you saying to Wentz? Who I knows? mean, I don't know. Let me let me go from one team that has some serious issues to one that has even more issues right now. As over the weekend, Matt Klintak was stepped down, quote unquote. Uh, as general manager. Is he still getting... Hey, Kevin, Yeah. when you step down from your next job, let me know what you're getting paid. Uh, he's getting paid his $6 million. Right, Okay, you know what? Step down my ass. <laughs> Give me... I love that when, when people... And I'm not blaming Klintak. He didn't Mm-mm. sign himself. No. But when you, when you... People, well, you know, he's getting reassigned. And he's going to make $3 million. Really? Please cut me a break. All right, we, it's not his fault. We got a uh, we got a bevy. You know, did we got a bevy eclipse from the uh, Zoom session here? And, and I'm trying to think of where I want to go. Before you do that, yes. Before you play anything, I'm going to ask you this, okay? Because you cut co- you covered that team. I'm going to ask you more. And stuff I and I co- I was on the line for the press co- uh, the Zoom session. That's right. You're still covering the team. Yeah. Um. What is this guy who's his right-hand guy? And I understand there's COVID going on. It's not as easy to just hire guy. Ned Rice? What do you think of him? I think he's Matt Matt in different clothing. Okay, so you answered the question exactly as I thought. Then why is he the interim guy? Because who... Let me put it this way. All right, my opinion. This is not on insider knowledge or anything. It's Andy is going to pretty much make the major decisions at this point going forward until they okay. get whoever they hire. Do you know he won a World Series in 1991? You know, it's funny. Do you want me to play that as the first clip? Wait a minute. He won with the Twins, right, in 87 and, and 91. 91. How young was he then? He was under 40. Because oh, he's, 60, he's 67 oh, now. So. so that was, what, 29 years ago? Yeah, uh, fifty-seven, forty-eight. Now he was under. He, he was under. He was thirty-eight, right? Right. So he was thirty-four when the Twins won in 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 his first year as a GM. Now we and should point twins, out that, that that Twins team won like eighty-five games in the regular season. So no, both those look. God bless them. They were they were two of the best World Series ever. Um, but they won two World Series because they went eight zero at home. Yeah, and that's okay. That that's part well, of it. That's that that's all part of it. But John Middleton. That's why they won. And look, I'm defending John Middleton for the press conference. This response to Megan Montemurro's question, I thought was a little, um, 
I thought was a little, a little uh, tone deaf. Not how expected. You know what it reminded me of? Hold on. Here, here we go. Ready? Here's the clip. Not how expected. So you do you do know that he's won two World Series titles. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And you do know that Pat Gillick, who's in the Hall of Fame, has only won three. Yes. And you do know that John Scherholz, who's in the Hall of Fame, has only won two. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of why I have confidence in him. Because he's been there. He's done that. He's won. And he's won. He won there. He won in Chicago. He was a Steve Bartman fan interference away from probably his third World Series. You know? And he, and he kind of... Picked up, he walked into Baltimore when it was on the skids and kind of brought it back and, you know, and got them. Yeah, you know, he wasn't, he, he left because of his father's illness and eventual death, but he got Baltimore back on track. So, look, he's done this before. He's done it well. Um, and, and these guys, whether it be Pat or Terry or Andy, bring a wealth of experience, a wealth of contacts. I mean, these, Pat and Andy can talk to people that I can't talk to. All right, so that's John Middleton. See, now I, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear any of that, but I heard it this morning. Right. For some whatever reason, I can't hear it. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of the Doug. You did you ever play quarterback in the NFL? And, and, and you know, I'm going to say, Megan Amaro, who asked the question, asked a perfectly appropriate question about. Mm-hmm. You judge GMs after this amount. What do you judge a team president by? And and I don't think John meant it in a demeaning way, but it certainly came across as that. Yeah. Well, he's defend. Look, and, and it's cri- it's the he's being defensive. Yeah. When people right. criticize you, if people criticize me, my first mechanism is defense. You know what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, we've all been there. We we've, we've all. Had people say, you know, Mike, you don't know what you're talking about. That was a stupid point. You know, and then sometimes you sit there and go, yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe it was a stupid point. Um, but, and and look, Middleton's probably got to be real frustrated and real disappointed yeah. at this point in his life. And we were all led to believe five years ago that when he got finally got control of this thing, life was going to be good. And he has spent $200 million. Right. So I can't. But at some point, if you're saying that Clentac wasn't the answer, and McPhail hired Clintac. Now, I'm not saying that McPhail, I would have probably let them both go, but McPhail's got one year left, so he's going to pick your next GM. I guess it's going to be an analytics guy, I, I, I suppose. I don't know this. Um, I would like to think that Joe Girardi might have some input into this for whatever that's worth. Um, but Yeah, I mean, but, it's, but, it's, but, Mike, and I'll go back to the question in this sense. For – that was hardly Megan asking, you know, did you order the code red? You know, I mean, it, it, I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a fair question. It was worded professionally, and but how did you want him to answer it? Like, how, well, how I, I, look, he could have answered it like, in, in my mind, okay. The way you answer it is a simple. I believe that Matt, or I believe Andy has the capability. I don't need the well. Do you know that you know, he has two well, World Series? That was, that was his way of telling you, in his way, the wrong way probably, but th- that Andy knows what he's doing. Because Andy won. Well, but he needs Andy. And to, he, 
He, he means, brought up Pat Gillick's name too, right? Pat Gillick's yeah, in the Yeah, Pat Gillick and, and Terry Ryan, who's also been within the organization, who was the right. GM of the Twins. And look, maybe Andy McPhail knows what he's doing. Like, I, where was Andy after the Twins? Where, where the he went, Chicago? He, he went to the Cubs, and then he went oh, to the Orioles. That was the Bartman, that was the, that was the Bartman reference. Bartman. Yeah. And look, I'm not saying Andy doesn't know how to build a team, because obviously he, he did. He's had success, even if it was a while ago. But still, he's had success, so I can't sit here. But again, you know, if he's the guy who never talks to you, never, you know, never says boo, and I'm not saying he has to, but then he's going to be judged on what Clintock does. That's how this works. And, and this and, is, and, and you're right. And this is where I will say I defend John Middleton. That John Middleton trusted his baseball people on all yeah. these decisions. He trusted his baseball people. And the baseball people let him astray. Well, he didn't trust him last year when he fired the manager. You know, he certainly because the Gabe would have been back. Yeah, he would have. But so, I mean, but I mean, he, on the Real Muto decision, which is the one we're going to get to in a second, yeah. he clearly trusted the baseball people that they would get the job done, and it didn't happen. And people are killing Middleton for it. I don't think again, this is John's Kevin, fault. Go but ahead. again. And I don't know how this – you would know more how the, how the inner workings of a baseball team go. My take on the whole thing would be, okay, my baseball – Mike Kern's the general manager. Matt Clintock's the general manager. Or whoever he went to, Andy McPhail. They assured me we we're going to be able to sign Riamolto. Okay, fine. The owner has to make a call to Riamolto, his agent, whatever, two years ago and say – and maybe they did. JT – we want you here more than two years. Right. You know, this is our, you know, we did not get you for two years. I don't know if those, I don't know what they said to each other. I, I have no idea. I do know last year they went to arbitration, which doesn't seem to me like a pleasant experience. No, and the, the um, stat that Jason Stark has been reciting yeah. is no player that's gone to arbitration and lost over the last right. tw- 20 years, I think right. it is. Right. It would seem to me that if team. you were the Phillies, if you were the Phillies, Mm-hmm. And you really wanted him, you, even though you didn't. And we didn't know about COVID last winter. We, no. you know, we didn't know the season was going to be this, or that maybe this off season people won't be spending. We didn't know any of this. We didn't know who the general manager to, or the owner of the Mets was going to be. We didn't know that Sanchez was going to stink, right? For the Yankees, could you have gotten a deal done last winter? Well, that's a great question. Let me let I, me let me play another clip. This is actually the final question of the press conference. Uh, on Saturday, this is from Tim Kelly. Play it so I can hear it if there's a way to do that. If you can, it's okay. I, I think okay. I, I, well, it's the same way I played it the other day. That's so. fine. Don't, well, you can tell me what you can tell me. Okay, here we go. It's an interesting question, Tim, <laughs> because the fact of the matter is at the time it was being considered, my position was I'm, I'd be willing to trade Sixto as long as you extend JT. And if you don't extend JT, I wouldn't trade Sixto because we weren't at a point in the, in the development of the team where the benefits that we were getting were matched the, the you know, what we were giving up it, to put. All right. So that was basically when you look at it, does the emergence of Sixto Sanchez who will pitch tomorrow in game two of an NLDS for the Marlins force that you have to resign real Mudo uh, and Middleton, making it clear he's throwing kind of Matt Klintak under the bus there, that it was a decision by Klintak to, to kind of kick the can down the road, and now they are in a spot, which which should, and 
which follows up another point he made on um, on the Real Muto signing. This is from uh, Saturday again. Here we go. So he's we've kind of figured he's going to be heading to free agency. We figured that a long time ago, and that's I see no change in that, Jim. I you know think it'll be the clip filing for free agency. Is resigning him an organizational priority, or does the does the COVID and the lack of uh, uh, revenues being down is how how does that all impact it? I can't tell you. I mean, you can can you tell me what 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 the governor and the mayor of Philadelphia are going to allow us to have next year in the way of fans? Because if you if you do, you know something that I don't. So I have no idea what's going to be allowed, and obviously that's going to determine revenues, and revenues determines what what you can do and what you can't do. All right, read the tea leaves on those quotes, Mike. Uh, from- I didn't. I couldn't hear them. Okay, I, I can't. The quote was, you know, if you could tell me what the governor and the mayor are going to allow as far as revenues coming in and fans in the stands. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. That's it, it's not bullshit because it's true. But what I'm saying is. Every team might face that possibility. I mean, the Mets and the Yankees might be facing the same possibility. My answer would be you can always raise ticket prices by 10 bucks the next year. I mean, I understand there's a pandemic going on and it affects everything. What I'll say, first of all, you got to love the 5 o'clock Saturday press conference, right? You know that. You and me have both been there. You know, nothing happens at 5 o'clock on a Saturday because it's a dead news whatever. Um, it was brilliant, actually, on their part, but go ahead. Yeah, but then yeah, it buried right. it. But, it buried it, it like basically uh, for the most part, it buried the story. Go ahead. Well, it ain't burying it because we're talking about it on a Tuesday. And well, that's true. Talking about, um, but but the, the one thing that disturbs me a little bit in all this, and maybe I'm reading too much. Why aren't they being like everybody's talking, even the Phillies, as if it's almost not going to happen? Like it's a fait accompli. Like we're going to try, but man, it might not. Why aren't they being positive? Like. No, we're going to resign him. We're going to do everything we can to resign him. Even if you don't, you know, you can't stop a guy from choosing another team for whatever reasons, whether it's more money or closer to home or better chance to win a championship. I don't know. Um, I would like to hear, like, why didn't Middleton just say, instead of worrying about we made the trade, now let's revisit it. Should we have made the trade? Um, You know, let's just say, hey, we made the trade. We knew we were taking a risk. And let's sign this guy. You know, let's – I'm sending my baseball people out. Now, Riamolto's people might say, screw it. We're going to test free agency, which I guess they're going to do, and I don't blame them. Um, But be proactive. Have Harper call him every day. You know, have wh- whatever. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what's going to work or what's not going to work, but I know one thing. Your right fielder is not going to be a happy camper. Well, no. And you're, you're, you're two starting pitchers who you're depending on are not going to be happy campers. Well, and, and the right and Bryce Harper this morning post his picture leaving Philadelphia in his private jet wearing a JT Real Muto jersey and saying we need him back again. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's pretty clear on where he stands on this, and you're right. I, I think that it, it risks alienating him. But as as I've said before, when every trade like that is made, and they happen all the time in baseball, guys who have a year left on their contract or, you know, whatever, you don't think you're going to get, you know, the Marlins were just getting rid of people, you take a risk. There is a risk-reward. Sometimes you win the risk. 
You know, I, it's like the golfer playing the par five, you right. know, over water. You know, am I going to hit this shot over the water and make an eagle, or am I going to hit it in the water? The Phillies haven't lost yet. And six to Sanchez Yeah, but Mike, I, I can tell you that the last time I felt this way about a Philly who was going the free agency was Jason Worth. I hear you. That and, they're you know, sending Jason the message Worth, that I, it's... I, yeah, but Jason Worth and them weren't even close. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure they're close here. They might not be. But what I'm saying is, and let's not make Sixto Sanchez into Sandy Koufax. We don't know yet what the next 10 years of his career are going to be. He may be a good pitcher. You know, he may not be Justin Verlander. I mean, I you know, I don't know this. But we're already at 21 years old making him out. You know, this is the risk you took. If you thought he was going to be Justin Verlander, then you shouldn't have traded him. Okay? Oh, and I think that's they what Middleton was saying. In well, then Middleton should have stopped it. You know, I don't want to hear this, that, you know, Middleton should have said, no, we're not trading him. And then they would have said, well, we're getting the best catcher in baseball. We got two years to sign him. And then it would have been up to somebody to say, is it worth – this this blame game, Kevin, I hate the blame game. I hate, you know, the pointing fingers game. I see it so much in the world anymore. You know, it's China's fault. You know, China, okay, it's China's fault. I don't give a crap whose fault it is. Let's do something about it. Let's. This is the mess we're in. Let's do something about it. And it just seems like the Phillies are all in this woe is us, you know. Um, yeah, and, and they could be, you know, they could be sitting there, you know, holding a bag of crap in their hands at some point. But that's it. You can't go back and not and undo the trade. So, and and if God forbid, some of their draft picks had been better, maybe they could weather this better. And that was you know, that was the main reason spotted in Middleton. And Middleton's right that they've only had two periods in their history where they've been able to pl- to draft and develop well. Well, why is that, Kevin? I mean, what? How can a franchise go? The, the, the draft's been in since '65, mm-hmm. so we're talking 55 years. How can one fran? And then look, they they also had a period where they drafted Boa, Luzinski, Schmidt. Oh, well, that's one of the two periods. That's the period. That, okay, that's the period they're talking about. Right, I got you. And then, and, and then, and then I mean, obviously, the Hamels, Howard, Utley, right. Rollins. Yeah, but there's a lot of lean years in there. Um, and look, they had guys like Roland that they, they, they drafted that were really good that wound up going elsewhere. Um, but when you draft, like, you know, Moniak, Hazley, um, uh, uh, Roman Quinn, um, you know, and these are your guys, and you're looking at them, and, 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 and another stupid thing Middleton said, how can you say with the Moniac pick, well, that draft stunk, and the guy for the Braves, was it the Braves? Yeah. Was the third pick in the draft? Is that who I'm thinking of? Uh, yes, I think. Okay, he pitched like six innings the other day of great baseball. Yeah, Ian and Anderson. And your owner's telling Ian Anderson. you. Right, and – and your owner's telling you, but that trade, there was nobody. Who, like, who would we have taken? Well, maybe you would have taken Anderson. I don't know. Just saying. You know, he, he, you know that, that's a great quote. And that would be like the Sixers saying, well, you know, we took um, uh, this guy because there was nobody else in the draft. And then there was like four other guys in the draft that were all-stars or something. I mean, come on. You know, you, you, you got to have a better line than that. You can pick anybody you want in the whole country. You have the first pick. If you screw it up, you screw it up. But don't tell me that there was nobody else in the draft worth taking, please. Well, look, it is a 
it is a really slippery slope they're on right now. And, you know, the question, you know, we mentioned Harper with Real Mudo. We mentioned how you're going to get a GM. It's funny today. Oh, you'll get somebody. Well, it's funny today. And John made it on Saturday sound like that it's not a fait accompli that they're going to hire somebody this year. I know. That's that that he may run there. out the clock, basically, on the McPhail contract, letting Ed Rice go. They've done this before. Ed yeah, Wade, if you remember, was that kind of a hire I know. back in I 1997, know. I think it was, yeah, offseason 97, 98. Um, so that's just to be fair. I'm trying to give people a little warning that this could happen. And the second part on this is uh, – the name that Jim Salisbury floated out there this morning on NBC Sports Philadelphia and on their webs on their podcast with uh, Corey Seidman, Theo Epstein's contracts up at the end of the 2021 season with the Cubs. Interesting. And obviously, if you're going to bring Theo in, you're going to bring him in to be president and in charge of baseball ops and everything. And it's gonna that ain't going to that that ain't going to happen. I don't know. I don't it's know. A lot of pa- it's a lot of power to give up unless they really stink next year and they don't make the playoffs again um, and, and, and you're cleaning house, maybe. Um, maybe. Uh, well, Andy, Andy's going to be gone at the end of next year. Yeah, what was the name that's – well, yeah, like, look, we assume a lot of things, Kevin. What happens if they're in the World Series next year? I mean, I'm just saying, we don't know what's going to happen. Who the hell knows? It's baseball. Um, what was the name of Scott, Scott Lauber or Matt Breen or somebody threw out today? Um, who was the guy that used to be the Phillies minor league guy that was real good, supposedly? I think he's with the Royals now. Uh, or J.J. Pecola. J- right. J.J. Pecola, who was but a Cherry Hill native. But who's the guy that threw the name out? It, it, the guy that used to be in charge of the Phillies Mike minors? Mike Arbuckle? Yes. He, he apparently threw the name out. I don't know Jay, this Pecola guy from Boo. But our JJ Piccolo was the assistant GM of the Royals. We should and interviewed the last time around. Right, 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 right. And um, this is right after the Royals had won the World Series. So right. Um, I'm just saying I don't know this guy. Like I said, from Boo, but um, I mean, think of a worst case scenario here, and and we don't know this is going to happen. You know, it's a long off season. Lots of stuff could happen. What if they lose Gregoria and the catcher? Okay. I, yeah. And your first baseman is a big question mark right now because of his arm. You don't know how that's going. And he's going through so much stuff in the last couple of years. You know, you don't know. Where did I mean? I'm, I realize they would sign some people to replace those guys. I, I get well, that. Well, the theory is that if you're doing that, you're going to try to use all that money, and they will have a ton of money. Now, the question is how much are they going to cut back on expenses because of what's going on with the economy? Right. But, but the theory would be, and I say it's only a theory, the theory would be you could patch different hole, more holes than if you let Real Muto and Gregorius go and don't pay them what their market could give, you could turn that money and try to patch multiple holes as opposed to maybe just two. So, yeah, I, I, I understand that, and I, I get that they have a lot of holes to patch up, but that's still leaving you a hole at catcher and shortstop. It is. Which, um, which is two pretty important positions on a baseball field. Um, and Segura, they're they can't awful get rid of up so, the middle. 
They're awful up the middle. Catcher, center field, shortstop, and second base. They are brutal at right now. I and center field. Well, uh, they're, they're I not said good. center field. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, and you know, yeah, I don't know, Kevin. I mean, I'm just saying, you know. So if you give them a whole crap load of money and say, okay, who are you going to go out and sign? I mean. You know, I don't know what that's going to translate into. They need relief pitchers. They're going to need at least one starting pitcher, I would think. Right. Um, they might need a catcher. They might need a shortstop, um, unless Segura becomes the shortstop. But Bone might have to start. Bone might have to start the season at first, or you might have to go out and get a first baseman, mm-hmm. just in case. You know, not a real good one, maybe, but a serviceable first baseman in case. Um, I'll tell you, somebody who's really got to come through for them, and I don't, is Kingery. Yeah. Like, if Kingery would, next year is the player that they think he was going to be, that would help them a lot because that'd be like one less hole that you kind of have to worry about. If he's still the Kingery that we've seen, it's not good. Man, enough. that's. It's that's not good like enough, another, and now you're screwed with the contract. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Jay Bruce was a nice addition for them, he was hurt a lot. But they didn't pay anything, and he, and he got some big hits. He's not going to be there, probably. No. Um, I mean, they, they've, you know, and I'm telling you, the right fielder, and you said this months ago, the right fielder sitting there looking at all this going, eh, like, yeah, I'm here for the next 11 years. Well, and that's, in the, the, to cap off this topic before we go to the Sixers real quick, before we say goodbye. And the right fielder might have a bad back. I mean, I don't know. Hey, Kevin, is the DH definitely in the National League next year? It's not definitely, but it's sounding like it's going to be. Okay. 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 But, but And even if it's not next year, it'll be here two years from now once the CBA is done. But it's, um, going, to be, it's going to happen is what you're saying. I, yeah. I can't see it turning back now. Okay. Okay. Um, the problem is, and this is, you know, look, again, I defend John. John gave them a lot of resources. John is... Trusted his baseball Two, people. Two hundred million dollars is a he, lot. Of he money. just, yeah, it's eight hundred million basically if you take the cumulative salaries of everything. Sure, um, yeah. you know, gave them money to go rebuild the anal or build an analytics brand and 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 you know get uh, you know academies down the Dominican and all that. He put a lot of money up and it hasn't worked because his, he hired the wrong baseball people. Is basically what happened. Okay, but the one argument I'll say. That I think John, there were two things in that press conference I thought John handled wrong. One was the Montemurro situation. I thought that was condescending. And two, it's the it's a little bit of revisionist history. That the, well, we kind of knew when we traded for Real Muto, we weren't ready to go win. Well, then why did you go after Harper? Why did you spend $50 million then yeah, on, I, on, on Andrew McCutcheon? If you weren't, quote, yeah. ready to win. I mean, why'd you go? Why'd you go after Wheeler? Yeah, it's like, yeah, where? I mean, what in that was? Why'd not you go ready to, to win? Why'd you get Joe Girardi? Yeah, why are I mean, you not ready to win then? At that point, here's they, here's what it is, Kevin. They he's covering his own ways. rear end. Yeah, no, they want it both ways. And if you're successful, they want to be able to sit there and tell you how great they are. You know, we saw. And if they're not, they want the building. The problem with any owner is, especially when they take over, and we've seen this in other sports and other teams, it's not just the Phillies. Um, and, you know, and the Eagles had the same owner for a quarter of a century, so we haven't seen it with the, with, with the Eagles. The Flyers had Snyder forever. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he was the Flyers. 
Um, so we knew how it worked and, and we got used to it. We might not have always liked it, but we kind of knew what was going to go on. So Middleton takes over and we were, we were all waiting for Middleton to take over. It was like two years or three years of saying, my God, we can't wait till John Middleton gets the team, you know, and all these other cronies or bozos that are, you know, so when he took over, we were all like, Oh, okay. And five years later, you're sitting here going, okay, like, what you know, have you it's done? Been five years. Yeah. Um, and that's the problem is we set the expectations. They set the, you know, they want to win. And now you're sitting here going, you can't even say like, you, you know, you couldn't sit here and tell me right now, Hey, I think they're going to be a playoff team next year. No, they might, they might not, but you can't sit here and tell me that now, if they sign real Molto and Gregory Gregorius, um, and they can figure out a way to get a pitcher, get some. They could be a good team next year. Now, whether that puts them over the the the, the luxury tax and all, you know, I, I and I don't know how the owner feels about that now. You you know, I think it's pretty clear he's not going over the luxury tax. So if he's not sure what the revenue is going to be, well, then and and I don't and as a business it, as a businessman, I can't fault him on that. I can't fault him for that because, like I said, I think he's got crazy money, like he said, stupid. But it's his money. And you shouldn't just flush it down the toilet. I get all that. But then he's got to come to the conclusion that if you're getting rid of the catcher and you're getting rid of the shortstop, maybe, maybe one, maybe the shortstop would still stay, but I don't think so. Because you're starting over or you're not starting completely over, but you're, you're starting kind of over two years after you signed a $330 million right fielder. And one year after you resign, you signed a, a pitcher to a huge deal that and a manager yeah. that was supposed to come in here, you know, with a ring and make a difference. And that just to me is, is kind of sad. It, it's, and that doesn't mean it's over. Like that doesn't mean by 2000 has to start before it's over. Yeah, I know. But, but you know, you know how sports change. I mean, you know, we're, we're sitting here talking about a team that stinks and all of a sudden like two years from now, they're good. Um, you know, because something, I mean, you know, look at the Padres, you know, and now what they were doing 160 right. game schedule. I don't know. Well, um, I think they would have been pretty good still. They, yeah, they had decent pitching. Padres, but two years ago, the Padres stunk. Yeah, they did. And last year they stunk and they went out and got Machado, which was the same it, as us. If I, if I gave one piece of advice right now to, to John Middle, and, and look, they're in a tough spot. And, and part of the reason Andy is going to stick around is because the business end of uh, things with the layoffs and all that, you need to have a president who's going to be involved with that. Okay. And he does talk to people in baseball circles. So I get why Middleton or why McPhail is still here. Okay. But the right. voices I would be leaning on more are Gillick and Ryan going forward. But to pick my baseball guy, I'm listening to yeah. Gillick and Ryan more than I am Andy because Andy but was that's, disconnected. But that's not, Andy- not going to happen. That's oh, he, I don't know. But don't he know. just told you Saturday that wasn't going to happen, Kevin. Well, he sat there and, and yelled at yelled at the reporter about this guy's won one before, and he would have won in two thousand three if Bartman doesn't stick his hands out over the, the thing. Yeah, that's assuming I mean, a lot, he, by the way. But go ahead. Right, I, I I get all that, but he basically mm-hmm. defended the guy. Yeah. So if he's going to defend them in, um, oh, I think you listened to him to a degree, but I'm also having. Multiple voices in here. I'm not just well, trusting Andy me, McPhail. Then ju- well, then to me is you they're just, just running the Andy McPhail contract yeah. out at this to, point. To me, you go to McPhail and say, "I'm paying you next year, but you're done." Okay, and then well, you I go think to that's Gilly basically say, what has been said. Well, then, then he should. Well, then he should say that publicly because 
You know, if you're if you're not going to say that publicly, and then you're going to have and to um, mix message, yeah, exactly. And then, and then who? Then you're going to blame Gillick, or you're going to blame like who are you going to blame? You know, if the if the next pick don't go right, I mean, you know, or like if they if they hire a general manager and all of a sudden the Phillies are in the playoffs next year in the NLCS, are you going to credit McPhail if McPhail didn't get pick the guy? I mean, you know, it's it's just it's 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 a mess. Is what it is. And look, I understand that the virus plays a big part in this. And that's not John Middleton's fault. No. It's not like it's your fault or my fault or the president's fault. But how you react to that mm-hmm. and deal with that, you know, and, and it's unknown territory. But, you know, John Middleton just can't go out and throw away 100. I mean, he probably can. John Middleton could probably lose $100 million and he, he'll be okay yeah. tomorrow. But that's not, I'm not telling him to go out and lose $100 million. That's not fair. For me to say, but at some point he has to decide: Do I want to have a baseball team? And if it means me losing fifty million dollars this year out of my whatever war chest he has, mm-hmm. and you know, and the fans are going to have to understand that the the year after that, I may have to raise ticket because he'll raise ticket prices anyway. So it really doesn't, you know. And I mean, it is a bad look though if you're laying people off. Um. And you're doing things like that, which he may have to do. All teams might have to do. Um, We're living in a weird, weird time. It's going to be really interesting, Kevin, to see what Rio Molto will get on the open market. You know, will he only get $18 million? I don't don't know. know this, but all it takes is one team that's willing to give him more than that. And we've seen instances like with the Sixers, when the one team was bidding against itself, so, which is kind of, you know. I mean, which, let, leads, let, which leads Wait a minute. Before we go there, before go we ahead. go there, let's say the Yankees win it all this year. Just just sake of argument. Sure. You know, they can hit, they can create, they'll score 10 runs a game. Who knows? Or get to the World Series. Maybe, or something. maybe they don't need real Molto. Maybe maybe their thinking changes a little bit. I, I don't know this. The Gar- Mets, on I the Gary Sanchez really, thing. Yeah, I think the Mets are going to be yeah, involved. The Mets are going to be heavily involved. And, and the two Texas teams could be, right? We're not sure about the two Texas yeah, teams. Yeah, and there's whispers of it. There's whispers that the, the Braves could be involved. I, I don't see it, but uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the I Bra- mean, yeah, the Braves look, are not exactly a team that also throws a ton of money around. So, and, and, and again, maybe the Braves get to the World Series. Maybe the Astros get to the World Series. I, you know, a yeah, lot of but the Astros are gonna the Astros are gonna have a lot of money to spend because, to be honest, I think they're willing to part with the Springer and all that. So okay, okay, um, yeah. So, fine. Let's go quickly. Last five minutes of the show. Uh, Doc Rivers is here. Doc Rivers did his first Philadelphia press conference. I found it interesting where he talked about not locking himself with his players into positions. Um, basically, kind of a a, a, a thing where it, it, you know it flows easier. He thinks that if instead of saying designating guys as point guards and, and shooting guards and all that, which clearly is tailored to whatever Ben Simmons is at this point. Um, Doc's a smart guy. Doc is he's not a dumb. He's not a dumb guy. Doc is leaving his options open. Yeah, and I, I'm not saying he's the greatest coach that ever came. To, look, he's won a championship. Can't take that away from no. it was it was but he won a championship. He's had all those three to one series losses, you know. Okay. So you can look at it right. I think he's one of the most respected guys in, the in basketball. Yeah. Okay. So 
I know Tobias Harris probably respects him. Now Embiid and Simmons. I Look, I don't care if Ben Simmons ever shoots a three-pointer or if he only shoots 10 next year, whatever. But I do think that Ben at some point has to figure out, whether it's through Doc himself, that it, sometimes, once in a while, that eight-foot shot or that 10-foot shot, if he makes them, can be mm-hmm. a big deal. If he goes to the line and become like a 75% free throw shooter, it helps. that's a big deal. And Doc is absolutely right. Ben Simmons dominates games. We have seen him dominate games despite the fact that he can't shoot and probably never will be a shooter. He dominates games. How many guys in the league do that? Right. Not many. So I'm not ready to cut the cord on either of those two guys. Now, two years from now, I might be. You know, for whatever reasons, it's up to them. I don't think Doc Rivers is going to wave some magic wand. I think he's going to communicate with them. They also have to fill in the pieces around these guys. Um, But if I'm starting a team with Embiid and Simmons and Tobias, shouldn't you be at least pretty good? I mean, you know, you shouldn't be the sixth seed in the East. Right. You know, I mean, you know, are you going to the NBA Finals next year? I don't know. I, I you know, uh, the Celtics will be f- probably rated better than them. The Miami will probably, yeah, whatever. But Doc Rivers, it's almost like when the Phillies got Girardi, but like, it, I think they made the best decision they could make. I mean, I might have hired Billy Donovan. I think Tyron Lue, I think people are underrating Tyron Lue a little bit. Dan Tony, I just don't think would have been a fit here. I'm not commenting on how he coaches. I just can't see, couldn't see that working in Philly. I see this. This could turn out to be one of the. I know I'm going to regret saying this. One of the really, really good hires in Philly sports, whatever. And I don't mean. I'm not saying they're going to win the championship in two or three years or whatever. But I just don't see any bad coming out of this. Am I? Am I stupid? No. And. Look, I, I, it may not work. I don't think it'll be because of the coach. It may just be the pieces. The one other thing I felt that was interesting yesterday, I didn't hear a lot of the name Al Horford being mentioned. A lot of, yeah, he, I, I don't think he mentioned him at all. At all. With, and given that he, look, he doesn't have direct player personnel control, but it made it sound like he has more than just the passing voice in this whole thing. Um. I wonder if they are trying to find a way of of doing a salary dump and getting just getting Horford out of here for the sake of getting. Well, I think of course they would love to get rid of the salary. I don't know if they'd necessarily like if Al Horford were make were making half of what he makes. Maybe they would like to have Al Horford. You know, it's just what he's making that makes it well, egregious. Well, could could this also mean you know the one team that may look at dumping salaries and. Because they're about to go into a rebuild, would be Oklahoma City. Maybe Chris Paul is available. Who knows? I, yeah, but I just like why would they want Horford? Because Horford just being a veteran, the fill the kind of cannon fodder at this point with the idea that. But, the, but if you're re, if you're Oklahoma and you're rebuilding, okay, why are you taking on a twenty eight million dollar salary of a guy who's thirty five years old? Why are you doing that? That that makes no sense. Because you're also it's going to be less of a salary than you would be having with. Uh, yeah, but Chris Paul's a better player. I, it's, I mean, if, they, if the Sixers were going to trade them like two or three of their young guys 
for Chris Paul. Well, maybe, maybe that's part that of it. Maybe, maybe that's part of it. Maybe you convince the Sixers that you have to part with a Fiebel or something like that to dump the Horford yeah. salary. And then oh, you. I could see. I could see. Look, Kevin. I don't think anybody is. Look, everybody has their different favorites. You know, you might like Thibel. I might like Josh Richardson. Right. Uh, you know, and that's for Doc to come in and sort out who he's keeping, who he ain't keeping. But to me, and I know Chris Paul is long of tooth. You know, he's like 34, 30, whatever. But if I can get Chris Paul, even if it's only for two years, let's say, and get rid of Horford in the process, I'm doing whatever. There's nobody I ain't trading. So, like, if they said to me, well, we want Josh Richardson, okay, mm-hmm. or we want Thibault, okay, I'm willing to do that right. because I don't think the Sixers – it depends what you think, of, I guess, of Embiid and, and Ben. I don't think they're that far away from maybe being a winning team, you know, with the right whatever. And it's going to take Embiid and Simmons to do what they need to do. Maybe they can't do it. You know, maybe they, they really are the players. Yeah, that it's some it's thrust upon them now. This is not a but, coaching issue anymore. This is a thrust no, upon them. But if you can bring Chris Paul in, mm-hmm. okay, think about this, with Ben, mm-hmm. so now you you can have Chris Paul handling the ball yep. for 20, you know, and, and not to play 35 minutes a game. I don't want Chris playing 35. No. But to play 25. And, and I've heard a lot of things about Chris Paul. That he's one of the... He's great at running an offense. That's, mm-hmm. that's what people say. He's got to be a great guy in the locker room, I'm thinking. And, oh, he's the union uh, head. I mean, he... And Doc coached him in L.A. Yeah. So I, I, if you could get Chris Paul and not give up one of your three, which I don't think they would, I would do it. I mean, I, that, that's me. Um, and I know it would only be for a couple of years because, you know, he's getting older. But – I, I don't see that, and he shoot, and he, you know Chris Paul can shoot. I mean, um, yeah, I, I you know it's like uh, you know, and if that gets rid of Horford, yeah, I'm assuming Horford would have to go in that trade, I guess, or or they'd never be able to bring Chris in. Um, they're going to do something, Kevin. I don't know what they're going to do. They're they're, they're going to do something. Um, they're not going to come back with exactly the same no. cast because they're going to have to bring some shooters in. Yep. Um, and the one thing that I listening to enough of this is that apparently Doc is is a good offensive coach, right? Like you're not going to see things that maybe you saw uh, under Brett. You're going to see some different things, whether that's good things or not so good things. I mean, yeah, yeah. again, this is all up to Embiid and Simmons. They have to decide because now if it doesn't work, people ain't going to blame the coach. Yeah. You know, they're going to blame those two. So, you know, do you want to be a champion? You know, do you do you want to get a ring on your finger? Because that's what separates people. You know, that's why Giannis might not be in Milwaukee at some point, because he wants a ring on his finger. And, um, they and, all want, and, and Chris Paul doesn't have a ring on his finger. No. So he might like that, too. It's the last thing, really, he needs on his resume at this point. Oh, he's going, yeah. I mean, look. It's look, look, James Harden's going to the Hall of Fame first ballot. I'm not knocking James Harden, but I mean, Charles Barkley never got a ring. No, you know, it doesn't was, was Charles Barkley not a great player? Of course, he was. Um, uh, the two guys in Utah never got rings, stocking them alone. Now, they, they they're, they're some of it is players. timing, some of it is timing, 
And yeah, you play in the Jordan era. Jordan you, know, era. you know, it's hard to get a ring. And now, um, and now LeBron. Patrick Ewing never got a ring. Lost in a game seven yeah. when John Stark shot two for 17 or something like that. Um, but I don't think the Sixers with the right, the right whatever, and if they can avoid the injuries, mm-hmm. which have been a problem, I don't think they're as far away maybe as we think they are uh, because of what happened this year. You know, um, but we'll see. I mean, I guess that's the great thing is, you know, we're going to find out at some point either this year or next year. Uh, and it, it, look, it may not happen this year. No. Things things don't. But uh, I guarantee you, though, the, the expectations will be back. Yeah, they are. People, you know, if Brett had come back, I'm not sure people would be expecting much. No. Uh, all right, so we're back on Friday. Um, Friday, I believe, is when we're going to do this again. I'm not going away this weekend, so, yeah, Friday sounds like it's a good day. Good plan. Uh, we're back. Uh, we'll hope to have a guest. We'll talk some Eagles before they go play the Stillers. Uh, we should get Doc Rivers. <laughs> I'm Tell sure. He talked to everybody else. Yeah, he did. He got <laughs> Miss Nelly. He got. Uh, you know who I was thinking about reaching out to? The Cuz. Cuz is fine. Yeah, I like the. But if, if Friday might be tough. For, well, unless we did it later in the day. Hey, yeah. And yeah, I mean, uh, wow, really, really, wow, Cuz? yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know what? One thing I want to add before we, the way, and I don't know, and I, I this did not surprise me in the least. How about the way Doc handled himself? That was awesome. Like in the last two or three days, I mean, was it like a hundred and fifty percent class? And that, look, that doesn't translate into wins. That doesn't translate into into anything. Uh, his track record speaks for itself. I'm not going to go, but just the, and I'm not. Look, Brett was a, Brett was a great guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and knock Brett. I just think the last year, it's almost like he coached one year too much. But that was going to happen after what happened last year. He wasn't going anywhere. No. Um, it just was it just to see the way he handled himself was like wow. And it was a little bit of that Joe Girardi, you know. Yeah. It, was a, it was a little bit of that. Say the right things. Don't bury people. But I think behind closed doors, I think Doc's going to be he, he's going to be understanding, but I think he's going to be a little bit of a ball buster at times too. Like I think, you know, some of his first phone calls to Joel and Ben are going to be interesting. Yeah. Like, hey, hey guys, how good do you think you are? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, can you get better? You know, can can you can you be yeah, like Ben? Can you be a first team All NBA player? Joel, can you be an MVP type player? I think they're legitimate questions. I would not disagree. Yeah. So, all right, Michael. Thank, okay, babe. Be be good. I will, and uh, thank you for joining us. As uh, get the music loaded up, we will see you on. Friday. Hopefully with the guest. Hopefully with you. Thanks for joining us. This has been more gonna be. Well, you went uptown riding in your limousine with your fine park avenue.